are going on the trip now, it's going to be rough. Hold on! If you hear something in the woods, you tell me. If you hear something in the water, you tell me. But under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. Do you hear that? The creatures. On tonight's episode of Horror on the Rocks. Frank and Joe debate the best end-of-the-world survival horror movies and review the Netflix sensation, Bird Box. They're coming for you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome! We're back! We are. Happy New Year, Frank. 2019, <laughs> first year, episode Joe. of the new year. Uh, New Year, same us. Still obsessed about horror movies. Yeah, I'd say so. Still uh, having some cocktails. Still doing the podcast. We're back. We're ready to keep going. And, and, and even worse, though, we're back and we're liars. We told you at the end of last episode... You're we... a liar. <laughs> You're the one that set it up for what movie we're going to discuss well, this I, episode. I feel like we got to tell these people... I was just an innocent bystander that <laughs> went along with it, but no, it's cool. Explain. Uh, we told you at the end of last episode that we were going to review Nightmare on Elm Street next, which yeah. we will still do. It'll happen, but How... then something happened in the meantime. However, we did not realize the internet was going to sink its teeth into this yeah. Netflix pseudo horror movie. This movie horror called movie? Bird Box. Bird you Box. may have heard of it. Um, you may have seen a meme about it. But when Frank was like, yo, we gotta do Bird Box, I was like, yeah, how can we not? It's timely. It needs to be done. It's all over the place. Now's the perfect time to tackle it. Nightmare on Elm Street, we will certainly do at some other point, though. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. But uh, still go see Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and yeah, see yeah. how crazy that movie from the mid 80s is. But in the meantime, we are here to talk to you about the internet sensation, the the Netflix original movie that is Bird Box. Yes. Um, we are going to, in honor of Bird Box's overarching genre, we are going to break down a list of, I don't even know what to call it, apocalyptic, survival, end of the world horror movies. But uh, and we got a little horror news for you. But before we do that, yeah, as usual, let's tell our listeners what we're drinking. So today, Frank, um, I'm having a Mama's Little Yellow Pills from Oscar Blues Brewery. It is a nice light pilsner. It's uh, refreshing. It's tasty. There are no rocks involved. No rocks. So once again, just I am just it, right? <laughs> going against the name of the podcast. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Are, are, is, uh, it, have you had this beer before? Are you are you never had it? this one, but um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, it's a good, easy sipping beer. A good beer to do a podcast with. So, how about you? What do you got over there? I'm drinking a favorite of mine, long-standing favorite, is just a Tito's and soda. Oh, a nice. Yeah, rock so uh, we're in our brand spanking new studio. We sound different. Yeah, we're trying uh, this in uh, Baby Frankie's nursery. Yeah, right? yeah. So I'm actually really enjoying the sights of this nursery. It's really cute. There's some original wall art. Um, it's just a fun setting. It's such a sweet, innocent <laughs> setting. And here we are talking about this dark, this movie where people are depressing kill movie. Yeah, yeah. But then as I look over my left, there's like a cute 
cat doll with big bug eyes just kind of <laughs> innocently staring at us. So it, it's a great mashup of, of things. Um, you, you're never going to raise a real horror fan and, and, unless you establish like happiness in their life and then you scare them. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then, you, and then you breathe into the love. Start them young. So do you got some horror news for yes. us before we get into Bird Box? What's yes. going on in the world of Be- horror? <laughs> before we get into our review of Bird Box, we need to talk about, uh, or I've got to share with you, uh, horror news that is going on right now and this week in horror news we've got a look at the 2019 slate of horror movies and holy damn new year there is a bunch of good stuff coming out yeah it seems like a pretty big year for horror um, I gotta feel like or I gotta think that horror is on the rise like they are making more horror movies is it on the they... rocks also <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we just. I know, I know. Do you dad jokes. Quote? I'm not even a dad. <laughs> you can't let go more than like 10 or 15 minutes in the podcast without getting a good pun in there. So I, mean, I appreciate it. I feel that. like I haven't done my job <laughs> in my service as a podcast host unless I, yeah, get a. a Bring the pun game. Right, Real right. strong. That's what I'm here for. But yeah, this, this year, uh, a bunch of stuff is coming out that could be good or should be good. I mean, it's awesome. And I, I just feel like it's getting to be more and more every year. I, I wonder if we'll look back at this time period and go like get out being what it was and as big as it was was not like the the kind of beginning of this boom of like okay you can make all like a basically straight ahead horror movie and it will be commercially successful and people will flock to the theaters to see it and it you know it'll be something and, and it ends up growing the genre as a whole. It's interesting. So I think for every Get Out, there are about ten duds. Oh so, yeah. Though there oh, are yeah. some really innovative movies like Hereditary, which we have yet to do, but we can feature yeah. that one day. Get Out. There is just a lot of crap ones too. But yeah. Based on this list, though, were there any ones that you're really pumped about, or ones yeah, that stand I, out for like, 2019? I almost feel like I have to go chronologically through the All year, right. and I'll try to give you guys release dates because that's kind of if you know when the release date is, you know when the trailer might come out. And, All right. You know, if you're, you you're a big horror movie fan, that's what you're looking for. Glass comes out this Friday. We're recording this on, uh, what's the date? January 15th? January 15th. 15th. So uh, this Friday, which you might be getting the pot after this, Glass comes out, which is maybe not a straight ahead horror movie, but it's the sequel to both Unbreakable and Split. And Split is maybe more of a thriller, but that's, that's I don't know. It's kind of yeah. uh, a, a genre tweener. Excuse me. Uh, the making, next, it, making up words. Yeah, here. the next thing, which if you guys follow us on Instagram, you are aware how excited we are for this. Us, Jordan Peele's yeah. follow up to Get Out comes out March fifteenth. Um, it the trailer is crazy. It looks wild. They have it? it looks I, freaky uh, and just bonkers. The I got if I wasn't excited enough about the trailer, like it, it excited both the horror movie fan in me and the hip hop fan in me. Uh, with them yeah. making like a horror version of I got five on it. I was like, oh and the Lupita so Nyong'o fan in me because I am a huge fan oh, of hers. I think this act, is gonna be a very actor. very different I mean Oscar winner, but yeah. also a different role and so is Jordan Peele too, but totally different role for her. I don't think she's done horror yet. Um and based on get out, you know there's gonna be so many layers to this movie beyond just what you see it's going to be trippy it's going to be fun it just looks creepy and wild um that comes out march 15th check out the trailer though like you said it is on our instagram 
There's a great article in Entertainment Weekly about it. The stakes are high though. When you start out with a movie like Get Out, you set the bar so high. So yeah, not I'm curious to like, see what he does with yeah. it, where it's gonna go. But given him and his background and his talent, I'm sure it's gonna be excellent. What do you got next? Oh, next up is uh, there's two installments of the Conjuring universe this year, which honestly, like, I'm a big fan of Conjuring one and two. The other movies, I need like a flow chart. Uh, yeah, there's a lot now. It's getting to be a lot. So we get a third Annabelle movie eh. and something called The Curse of La Llorona. Um, one in April, one in July. Yeah. June 21st is the Child's Play remix mm. that we talked about with Which Aubrey was our Plaza. first podcast that so we uh, I, I promise you, we will do an episode about the Child's Play remake just because it was it was our uh, it was our very first. We'll episode. revisit it. That'd be like a good one year anniversary one, maybe. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, August 9th is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is produced by Guillermo del Toro. Which if if you guys didn't have, did you have that book as a kid? Yeah, I think so. It was the the black and white cover. It was like the girl that loses her head. Like there, like in it a was dark, dark short- room. There was a dark, dark. Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, the one with the ribbon keeping the girl's head on her. Yep, uh, yep, yeah, that yep. was a creepy one. I wonder if I still have that. I used to be obsessed with there that was, book. There was scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh-huh. Then there was more scary stories to tell in the dark. I think there was like a couple after Was it. there an even more scary story? <laughs> yes, how they, many they were? They all had titles like that and yeah. they were all awesome and I love them. Visually his movies are just like stunning and over the top and really cool. So Yeah. It's not he's the producer on it though. It's not directed by uh, okay. Guillermo del Toro. He is such a prolific visual storyteller and like there's a lot of Guillermo del Toro movies that I don't love, but I can't deny it. They look wild. So yeah, he did Pan's Labyrinth, Crimson Peak, which I really enjoyed, but I feel like that wasn't that well received. No, it wasn't. Um, I, you know, I think I it saw was such part a stunning movie though. Like he built this house from scratch. Jessica yeah. Chastain, like it was such a cool movie. I love the feel of it. It was so gothic and yeah. But um, uh, September eighth, uh, the second It movie, mm. which we'll see. Also we, has Jessica Chastain. Look at that. J- Jessica Chastain yeah. just leaning into the horror genre this year. That's gonna be a fun one because um, I think the cast is interesting. Bill Hader is in it for SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first It was awesome i thought the first part of the remake october 11th is zombieland 2 yeah. which is one while. of my favorite horror comedy combos yeah is it necessary though to bring a <laughs> sequel i enjoy the first yeah. one for what it no, is no i agree what can they really do now with it we'll yeah we'll, we'll see we'll but, see um, uh october 11th is the are you afraid of the dark oh movie oh. which i feel like that is something they I want to be so good, and they're gonna do. A I'm afraid job with it. they're gonna exactly. destroy it. It's like when they made that Legends of the Hidden Temple made for TV movie. I did not see that. <laughs> Clearly, you and probably most of the population didn't, because it looked awful. So it probably was terrible. So please don't butcher this. And I don't know what they're gonna do because, as we know, Are You for the Dark? It's an anthology series, almost like different episode or different different story each episode. What are they going to do? I don't know. Like, how are they going to kind of capture the essence of that? Is this going to be, I guess, like one creepy story? Are they going to have elements of other than is Sardo going to be back? Remember him? Mr. Sardo? No. No Mr. Accent on the Doe? Are you a true Are You for the Dark Bit? Okay. He was this recurring character that was the owner of this, um, like, magic shop. And the kids would come into his shop to get, like, a game or spells or whatever. And he was always the guy selling it he was like the one recurring character in are you for the dark 
I feel embarrassed that I don't know who he is, but I, I think I feel for the right reasons. Um, I was genuinely afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was a kid. And scary episodes. there were a lot of episodes that I left during. Uh, I was, you know, I, Joe and I are 31 years old. Joe apparently nerves of steel uh, was not afraid of Are You the Dark, but there Are You Afraid of the Dark? There were a bunch of episodes I left during. My recollection of Are You Afraid of the Dark is not that vivid, except that like I loved it and I wanted to feel like I could I could like tough it out. But I found it to be genuinely scary as a kid. Ooh, and then and then Ugh. we don't have dates for the the new Rob Zombie movie with the the. Three from Hell. It's the follow-up to Devil's Rejects, which apparently just finished filming this week. We don't have a date for that. Um, the Lighthouse, which Robert Eggers, uh, who wrote and directed The Witch, is writing and directing oh, yeah. The Lighthouse, which is also supposed to be a period piece. And get this, he's got William Defoe and Robert Pattinson in it. And they said it was like one of the toughest... I think movies they've ever filmed in terms of the conditions of the set. So, so interesting there. Uh, and one. what I'm very excited about is Ari Aster's follow up to Hereditary, who wrote and directed that movie, is writing and directing a movie about a couple who somehow falls prey to a pagan cult. So, not stepping oh, some... too far out of the lane that he's already made himself familiar yeah. with. But I love that movie. I'm excited about that. Suspiria comes out on DVD on January 29th which to me is basically it being released because no one saw it because in and out of theaters so quickly and I was really excited to see that apparently there's a, a distribution company or a licensed company that's picked up the rights to the Dawn of the Dead uh, from 1978 which is the sequel to Night of the Living Dead which is not available like you can't order it on demand you can't the dvd of it does not exist right now and it's really good okay. they remade it they, you might remember this they remade it in 2004 I know. they're they're stuck in the mall it's on my list yeah it's <laughs> okay all right well uh, spoiler alert for our list what? <laughs> it's an incredible movie so using that as a segue to our list tonight yeah. of apocalyptic slash post-apocalyptic slash survival world. yeah i mean we're just gonna make it a very broad umbrella category and i think these it's... kind of survivalist movies where it's this the backdrop is kind of into the world end of times post-apocalyptic um i think that captures and, and most horror movies involve some element of a group trying to survive but like we're gonna try to combine this to like it, you know, maybe it's not the end of the world, but it's some sort of phenomena, or should I say, happening, uh, that uh. happens that it, the world is trying to figure out how it's going to handle it. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, sure, I'll go first. So my first zombie movie is going to be a, <laughs> actually a horror comedy, Shaun of the Dead. You ever uh, see Shaun of the Dead? Very good. I love the people Hilarious. that did this movie. I actually love Hot Fuzz more, which yeah. is the sequel. Um, but Shaun of the Dead is just a great kind of take on zombie movies but done in a comedic fashion it's just funny it's a british comedy um but there's some really great horror elements to it just mm -hmm. there are some scares there's the blood the gore the zombies but it's just a fun take and twist and um i, I like the way they approached the movie with the zombie backdrop but made it funny yeah they do a nice job of, of bridging that horror comedy gap in this movie. Yeah. And I think this genre in general is kind of fun for that for that 
bridging to horror and comedy this kind of survival into the world thing and that's what's also fun about zombie land too in a way i hope i didn't just take one from your list but well, they i did oh, okay <laughs> but yeah zombie land does something kind of similar with you know using the whole zombie backdrop yeah. but i think for for my first movie the first one that i think i have to mention because i think it it's the first one i'm aware of that i would consider in this genre of there is this phenomenon that happens in the world and the characters in the movie have to kind of figure it out and survive is The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. I think this very much falls into that genre of huh. there is this, because remember on the radio in that movie, they're finding out it's happening other places. It's very much in that kind of there is this, I don't know if I want to call it scientific or like there's this natural phenomena that's happening yeah. that's not like, it's not a disaster movie. It's not, there's a volcano, or there's an earthquake, or a tornado, and it's not a monster movie. It's not, oh, there's this beast coming down the street. It's this kind of natural phenomenon that's happened to the characters, and uh, it's it's one of the first horror movies I ever saw, and um, it's a classic. Hmm. So my second one, even though you challenged me to not do two zombie movies, I'm going to do it anyway, um, because (laughs) I can't really think of any other ones on the spot. So um, Dawn of the Dead, the remake that we just mentioned from... 2004? So Is it that good. old? Yeah. I mean, I think that... Sarah Polly. Yeah, who does more directing now. Um, Ty Burrell from oh Modern Family. And he's such like does, a sleazy, like... Completely different role. I don't know, like, like, gross kind of... Yeah, he's kind of just like a skeevy, <laughs> womanizing sort of dude. Just kind of He's the only person that I'm aware of in film history uh, in the face of a zombie apocalypse recorded a porno video. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was in this. Um, but yeah, it's a very different Phil Dunphy than what we know now. Uh, I really like this movie because I think it is certainly scary. I think the opening scene is really well done when Sarah Polly's character is uh, like in the bedroom with her boyfriend, sitting another husband, whoever he is, and he gets attacked by this little girl, this neighbor that they notice, and she's clearly infected. She just like runs up to the husband and like gets at him and then he turns quickly and it's just about him attacking Sarah Polly. She obviously escapes. But that way that scene was shot, I thought was horrifying. And just being in a mall was so interesting too, where yeah. this band of survivors gets together and there's all these characters. You have Big Rames who's in it. Um but yeah, it's just like a really interesting backdrop uh of the shopping mall. So I think it's it's a scary one. It's fun. Yeah. Um, Which I will say, as much as I love the original from 1978 yeah. of this movie, where they're trapped in a mall in the Philadelphia area in that movie. Hmm. And it's good. And like they, they talk about blocking off the doors. I don't know. Something about surviving in a mall brings out that, like, as you're watching, you're like, what would you do? What would you do? Yeah. And, and this Because there's movie, a sense of comfort. It's like, oh, you're in a mall. It's somewhat secure. You have all the necessities you need. All the things need. I need. All the things still go wrong. No. <laughs> and it's, yep. it's more so the people inside turning on each other. You know, you have this outside force of zombies, but it's like the evil the movie becomes people. The people dealing yeah, with the zombies. Who are yeah. just, you know, creating even worse conditions. So, yeah. Can't, for my second movie, I'm going to go with the original Night of the Living. Okay. It's one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's uh, many of you will notice clips of it are in our intro uh, to this podcast. The yes, they're they coming are. for you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. I yeah. If you I, didn't know, folks, Frank put together that. <laughs> 
perfectly done intro so props to you and for those it is really well done well thank you very much and for those of you wondering that the night of the living dead should be its own episode at some point we'd have to do so much research to do it justice but um uh the night of the living dead is a movie that scared me since i was a kid it was a genre defining movie and in it and it, it deserves every accolade that it gets. Yeah, it's it's really, on my list. It's a really yeah. influential one. Fun thing about this movie is when they, I guess when they made it, they screwed up the like copyright filing for it. It's never been protected copyright-wise. So whenever we do it... Which is why we every, have it in our intro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, which is why it's in our intro. What, what? And also why uh, whenever we do it, everybody just go watch it online. It's like a completely mm. unprotected material. Good to know. Yeah. All right, so my final one is a recent movie. It's called A Quiet Place. Uh, I really like this movie and i'm going to talk about it more later as we discuss bird box I think we because, have to talk about it more because later. it's the far superior one um, <laughs> but a quiet place i thought was very scary in terms of just i felt stressed watching it i think john krasinski who directed it and stars in it created this very tense stressful world where you're not quite sure why things are the way they are but which we'll get into more later there are these creatures that prey on sounds you can't make any noise and it's just suspenseful the characters are interesting i think that the acting and just the quality of the acting elevates this movie um they have the the oldest daughter is hearing impaired in real life and she's just excellent she's so expressive but yeah and there are just some scenes in this movie that are Oof, rough to watch. I it's, mean, Emily Blunt giving birth in a bathtub while you can't make any noise. I mean, so many. What is going Joe, on? I've got issues with this movie. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It's obviously in the same genre. Some might call Bird Box the quiet happening place because god damn it is basically those two mm, movies there are some uh, similarities yes. aren't there but i have i have some issues with this movie we'll get to that later which brings me to my third pick which is going to get tons of flack the happening this movie is get out podcast done shut, shut it down shut Every, it down everybody hates this movie and this movie i think is perfect material to be remade i think it's one of those good premise bad execution that it that along the way has some really really scary scenes mm. um i this whole like surviving the end of the world scenario um it's crazy because a lot of the movies that address this scenario aren't horror movies um, like if you think about all the comedies that do it like Shaun of the Dead This is the End which is literally about the end of the world a lot of the kind of disaster movies um, and a lot of like kind of horror adjacent movies do it but I think The Happening is a good movie despite some of the uh, not as not greatest casting and you know maybe some script errors but I, I think it's a really really scary movie and I love it and I made I tried to make you rewatch it and you didn't watch it. You tried to make me watch it. So now you've <laughs> rewatched it. I've actually never even seen it and don't feel compelled to. All right, Frank. So let's fly into Bird Box now. <laughs> uh, First question. Before we get into the details of this movie, yes. is it a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it can be. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is to the extent that... Uh, it's not your slasher movie. It's not, you know, again, a, a, a genre of... A traditional genre of horror movies that one may think of to be horror. But there's horror elements. It's scary. It's it's suspenseful. I think there, there are horror elements to it. So, yeah. 
I think so. And movies like this that put you in that kind of a what would you do or like how do you figure that out, they're kind of like my favorite kind of horror movies. It's kind of tough to define horror, I think. You know, I mean, it's not a clear definition. It's a lot of things. There's a lot of overlap with other genres and there's subsets of horror. So yeah, I think this, I would brand it horror. At the end of the day, there's parts of this movie that are downright scary. Yeah. And I would call it horror. Yeah. So this movie came out 2018 on Netflix, as we mentioned, starring Sandra Bullock. Really stellar cast. I mean, we have Sandra Bullock, we have B.D. Wong, Jackie Weaver, John Malkovich, um, Sarah Paulson, Trevante Rhodes. So really strong cast of actors um, in this movie. And this movie is based in a book from 2014 by Josh Mallerman. And it picked up so much steam in social media and the press, I guess because (laughs) I think people enjoyed watching it, but they also enjoyed making fun of it too. The movie, not the book. The the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think kind of just made this movie explode and, and get buzzy there are all these memes and stuff which we'll get into also but yeah absolutely it was this... interesting how like popular this movie just kind of became like it it, it it became popular in a different way i guess we really haven't seen like a blockbuster released on netflix before it's... so it was a different experience i mean it's at all sorts of uh view records for netflix but it's also kind of like funny because it's so much like the quiet place which I'm sure many of you have seen. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast, there's going to be spoilers for Bird Box, obviously, and there's going to be spoilers probably for The Quiet Place and The Happening because it is so much like those two movies. And, you know, it's similar to The Quiet Place in a lot of ways, which The Quiet Place was very, very well received. But in the whole, like, characters committing suicide by some, like, supernatural or hypernatural force, that's very much like The Happening, and that's mostly what happens in The Happening. Yeah. And that movie was hated. So let's get into just, like, the basic plot of Bird Box. Yeah, I guess it starts with this radio call. You see, like, their boat going down the river and this radio call telling them that there's a safe community, but you have to take the river to get to it, and the river is very dangerous. Yeah. We get this cut to Sandra Bullock, which is the one that's become the the meme-worthy one of her telling these kids, what did, I'm trying to remember exactly what she says, you have to do everything I say or we will not survive. Oh, like, she's very blunt and straightforward. It's she is not sugarcoating anything. Like, you do not take off your blindfold. And yeah. that's what it comes down to, is that there are these creatures we assume there's some kind of presence that if you take off your blindfold and you look at it into it you pretty much kill yourself so there's all these unexplained mass suicides resulting from being exposed to whatever this presence creature is through vision which brings me to one of my first problems with this movie yeah if the mere sight of something is going to kill you a standard blindfold seems like the least reliable way to make sure that you don't see anything. What would you wear instead? Oh, I, I thought about this immediately. Snowboard or swim goggles that yeah. I blacked out. They're definitely not going to move from my eyes. So then we cut to flashbacks five years prior to that opening scene. Sandra Bullock's character Mallory's pregnant. Um, she's having some issues with um, feeling bonded to the baby. She's concerned about whether she's in a you know, whether motherhood or parenthood is right for her, whether she hasn't had that connection with her kid. She's a, she's an artist in the movie. She's an and artist. A very kind of modern, independent woman, but it does not appear that 
whoever is the father for this children is i don't even remember how they established it uh, like, i think there was a breakup and there's really no further mentioning of him because we get her sister comes to her house after she like they set up her pregnancy with an ultrasound and then her sister gets there and is super supportive and she's kind of reluctant and they get in the car Shit goes a little crazy. Yeah, that's a really crazy scene. It's nuts I think when all these people start killing themselves on the street. It's just complete utter chaos. And I think the movie does a really good job of capturing that sense of panic and chaos. And you feel like you're with Sarah Paulson's character and Mallory in the car. And Sarah Paulson's character, Jessica, who's Mallory's sister, is behind the wheel. And she's just like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And unfortunately, she succumbs to this presence. She looks into it. And she then tries to run the car off the road. It flips over. Sarah Paulson's character dies. Mallory survives. No, but Sarah Paulson's character lives. Oh my gosh. Gets out of she the car. survived the, the car wreck. You're right. And walks into like yeah. oncoming traffic of like a, a yeah. garbage truck or something. Right, right, so that's I like stand corrected. We, that's yeah. where we start to get this sort of like understanding. Okay, there is this phenomena that's happening. And this particular phenomena is initiated by eye contact. And it creates this sort of like uncontrollable desire to kill yourself, which is uh, to me seems so similar to a quiet place in that it was like sensory specific because obviously in the quiet place, the sensory that is important is sound. And if the monster in that movie can hear you in this one, it kind of overrides you with this desire to kill yourself when you make eye contact with it, right. which seems similar to me to the happening where the characters in that movie, they kill themselves upon breathing in this sort of environmental neurotoxin so i was it was at that movie that i was like i have seen a couple movies that are just like this what am i watching right yeah. now I've, I've seen this before so sandra bullock kind of like kind of scurries off the street amongst this mass panic this woman tries to help her and as this woman is trying to help her this woman kind of, she sees something that makes her want to kill herself, and she kills herself in the most brutal way possible. So she's the one that sees her mother. Her yeah, that's mother, what it is. And she's drawn to this car that's on fire. On fire. She just goes, sits in it. Yeah, then it just explodes. Just burn herself up. And that's it. actually John Malkovich's wife in the movie. So oh, John yeah, Malkovich yeah, yeah, yeah. is um, is staying in this house kind of sees Sandra Bullock's character someone else brings in Sandra Bullock's yeah, character yeah Sandra Bullock's character gets scurried inside it's this sort of safe house where a bunch of you know survivors we get survivors. our kind of like Night of the Living Dead cast exactly where it's like, almost like the shopping mall a whole mall. bunch of people are holed up in a house and we're gonna find out who they are and we end up with uh, John Malkovich's character who cranky, is cranky bald older guy who just yeah. saw his wife die so. I also got the impression that he's a neighbor to the house that they're at. Neighbor because to the guy that Wong, owns, the owns the house is B.D. Wong, who yeah. is the uh, psychologist or psychiatrist on uh, SVU He's for years SVU. and years. And years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then um, we get uh, we get a young uh, uh, female cop. Yeah, she's like a, a cadet in training or something. Yeah, like a. And then we get guy. a young tattooed ruffian machine gun kelly machine oh that is machine gun kelly unclear who he really is and <laughs> that's the other thing there's some real unnecessary characters in this movie like there's this yeah. couple in the beginning that's in the house but then the woman gets a call from her kid and she's like i have to go and yep she just like bolts and disappears with her yeah. hubby but yeah so we have machine gun kelly we have this police cadet we have this older woman played by jackie weaver kind of like a motherly grandmotherly figure 
Um, we have Trevante Rhodes, who's in the house. Thomas Trevante Rhodes' is character. Oh, okay. So yeah. and, and he ends up, you know, we end up, he ends up being a love interest. Also, the guy, the guy that's the really funny uh, TSA guy from Get Out. Oh, Lil Ray Howie. Yes. Uh, yeah, from yeah, Get so Out. He's in the house. So we basically, we realize we've got this whole house. Oh, and uh, Olympia, Olivia? Oh, Olympia, another pregnant woman. So, yeah, again, Sandra Bullock's character's pregnant. This other pregnant woman arrives in the house. Um, yeah, Olympia. So they're all there. They're holed up together. They're our crew that's kind of figuring out. So they're in the house. They need to do a food run. So yeah. that's actually a pretty amusing scene. It is kind so of an amusing scene in the movie. They hop into their Jeep. And they and black out like the windshield and the side view mirrors and everything that can allow them to see out. It makes you appreciate modern technology, I guess, with advanced GPSs. This yeah. car has a GPS system that they really just follow to a T in terms of turn right here turn left there so they really without being able to see where they're going or just following the voice of the gps navigation they're running over all <laughs> sorts of things yeah, and at people... one point they hear this crunch and you know like, they're like bump. what was that <laughs> definitely like a person's body or head and the driver's like no yeah, it's just a speed bump and like no it wasn't but so um, they get to the grocery store and they're like this is great the grocery store is like a block or two away yeah. we can get here fine we can get inside the grocery store without looking at everything because they're all blindfold they have to get like they, they drive the gro the car like into the grocery store and go in from there they're in the grocery store they're looting around and there's this knock at the back door and it's someone trying to get in and they start to realize this person once they open the door that this person is not just trying to get in this person is trying to like expose them to the element yeah yeah this person apparently has witnessed this creature this presence and yet somehow hasn't died. So that's one of the things I have with this movie that was a little confusing and hard to follow. It's, it's the worst part, in is my that opinion. There, well, before I get into that, at the grocery store, by the way, Sandra Bullock picks up some birds, hence the title Bird Box, which I was also a little confused by. I have never been to a grocery store where they sold, <laughs> sold pet bird. birds. There was a grocery what slash kind pet of, store? Did they have a permit for that? Is that sanitary? Like, this wasn't a Doesn't pet Doesn't feel like it. Very strange. Doesn't feel like it. I mean, even Costco, which has everything. <laughs> I have not seen pet birds there. They know, like, where to draw the line. Anywho. They, this is where they, they acquire the birds of the bird box. She picks up the birds yeah. there. So but this, this guy tries to get in through the back door. They realize, like, oh, he's trying to, like, expose us to whatever it is. I, I think at this point we start to realize it's a smoke that kind of, like, rolls in. And Lil Rel's character shoves this guy out the back door, and they're able to shut the door, and we lose Lil Rel. So Lil Rel sacrifices himself for the greater good. They all escape the grocery store, and then they get back to the house. Yeah. Um, at that point, the pregnant woman, Olympia, arrives, and this other guy arrives— um, Gary, he's is a businessman who claims to have, and they're all kind of like, do we let him in? And some of them have more, you know, bigger hearts. Yeah, we got to save whoever's coming through. So they let this guy. But John Malkovich is like, nah. Very this suspicious. is one of them motherfuckers that wants to show us this thing that's killing us. Don't let him in. He's very suspicious of letting in anyone new, and his instincts were right. So and we see it actually. There's like, so through this whole movie, there's flashbacks to. The boat journey, the the boat journey that we get told about. Like flash in the forwards to yeah, I like guess they're ben, flash forwards yeah. to Sandra Bullock and two small children who we've not met earlier in the movie 
on the river and at one point she hears a voice it's like over here over here safety and she's like no she starts firing a gun into the fog and it's someone who's trying to board their canoe and expose their eyes so we we basically start to figure out between the guy at the grocery store and the guy that's in the flash forward that some people are impacted by this thing Completely differently. So the guy in the river that attacks Sandra Bullock in the flash forward sort of present day says, it shall cleanse the world, everyone must look. Kind of unclear what he's referring to. But yeah, then we go to the flashback with Gary who arrives. Gary tells this story about how certain criminally insane people escaped this facility and they wanted to see um, whatever this site was, this presence, this creature, and they're not affected by it. But like he specifically mentions that they're these criminally insane people that aren't affected by whatever they're seeing and won't off themselves. So you're kind of thinking Gary is this like innocent guy that went through something, he's escaped, he's on their side. Then you see him starting to sketch some real dark looking photos, like or oh, pictures, yeah. like some real creepy, disturbing pictures. And he starts to act a little off, a little funky. And yeah. in the house, they've like boarded all the windows. They've taped it up. He starts ripping off the tape. That's how they're living in the house safely is they've, they've papered off all yeah. the windows. So whatever it is that's outside that's visually stimulated to make you heal yourself, they can't see. But before we get that far, I had a question for you. Yeah. At the grocery store, John Malkovich is like, yo, we should stay. And like half the group is is like now we got to go back we're supposed to be making a supply room and john malkovich is very adamant like we should stay like we're we should not like why are we gonna go try to save these people this crazy stuff is happening we We don't know them plenty of nourishment here is there any part of you that's like "Mm, what i say in the grocery store yeah totally i don't know if i actually would but i was like that's not a bad idea because to me it, it, it felt like if we can go here we can get back like we can do we can i think at the end of the day my plan would have been we're moving the group here we're gonna go back we're gonna get everybody and we're gonna come here i'd be like they probably have a new home base they probably have a bathroom here they probably have there's plenty of food clearly there was plenty of booze as we saw john malkovich break open that bottle and take a swig. he was very happy to find the liquor out at the grocery store it was it was fun just to see them all kind of it was like they were on like shop till you drop. Like they were just like shopping <laughs> and going and filling up their carts. Like, what would be your one thing that you would go to, oh, like man. to stock up on? I feel like the one thing I would go to, like not thinking about like sustenance. Like, okay, we need this, we need that. The one thing I'd be like, where's the bacon? If this is the end of the world, yeah. there is now a finite amount of edible bacon in the world, yeah. and I want to go get the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What would be your like? The we're all we're going down. We're likely going down. I want to go out eating my favorite thing. What would you go yeah, for? Yeah, I would go for some. Other than, of course, the booze. Because obviously John Malkovich is on the right page yeah. about relishing. I think he's drinking like really expensive scotch. Yeah. Like, this no, is amazing. I don't want to be hungover during all this. So um, assuming that I survive long enough, I would definitely go for tater tots. I would tater go tots. for some nice comfort food. Hopefully there's a microwave because I don't know what the deal is there. I mean, You don't oven for- bake your tater tots? No, I do, but is there? I doubt there's like an. Uh, I, doubt there's, I doubt there's selling ovens at this grocery store. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, good maybe point. in the kitchen though. Maybe it's yeah. like a. You get the yeah. tater tots back home. What's up? You get the tater tots back home. 
So maybe that's why I would. That's the only reason why I would leave the grocery store <laughs> is to get my tater tots and to cook them back Listen, in the same every, house. Everybody's killing themselves. We got food. We're not good. And Joe Randall's like, uh, but we can't cook tater tots here. <laughs> or everyone's like, so what did you bring us? Did you bring us some like veggies and like proteins or like things to like keep us Sh- going? Aura Ida, I, shitload of tots. I brought tots. <laughs> we'll have a party with these tots. So, so they they end up getting back from the gro- they do go back from the grocery store despite uh, you know the the advocate to stay there. They end up letting this new guy in. At some point along the way, our young female cop and our sketchy machine gun Kelly just leave with the car. Yeah. So they are they, they are bolt. now confined to this building. They bolt and there's no discussion of what happens to them. We don't know their fate. And that's why I was just like, okay, cool, bye. I didn't really feel that invested in these characters. It and that's like the a thing. really cheap way to move, like remove that very important plot element. Like they had a car, they had mobility, they had access to food at a reachable distance, and they just kind of like, uh, the car's gone now. I don't like when characters are just superfluous. They're just thrown in there for no reason, and they don't play any role. It's like, okay. You just left. Like, what was the point of you being here? Like you said, maybe it was just to dress or to get the car out of the situation. But yeah, so Gary's telling this story, though, like I was mentioning about the criminally insane people. Gary then, again, he's like ripping down the tape from the windows. He's looking at this presence, at this creature. I kind of keep referring to it both ways. It's unclear what it is. He's not affected by it. And that's what bugs me about this movie again, is that there's no explanation of why he's not in, why he's not affected by what he's seeing is he one of these criminally insane people that he was describing is he actually not oh this, definitely so you, you didn't he, get you that you don't think he was like this office guy that escaped from because he initially said no, his story was that he he's... escaped from the office in the city took a train or something out and then somehow came across these no he's inmates. lying you didn't yeah, yeah so well i figured is... afterwards probably but He's one of them. He's masquerading in as someone normal rather than mas- you know, coming in by force to, to eventually, because what ends up happening is Sandra Bullock and the other pregnant woman go into labor at the same time. Another cheap steal from A Quiet Place. Quiet Place did this exact same thing where in these conditions, like I said, Emily Blunt's giving birth in this really stressful situation. Yeah. And it was like Bird Box, they're doing the same thing. But not just one, though. They're like, ooh, we're going to up it to two so pregnant the, these, women. So not only is Sandra Bullock in labor, but Olympia is in labor. She goes into labor first. Yeah. While that's happening, we see Gary, the crazy guy, is downstairs organizing all his pictures of the stuff that kills people. Yeah. He then comes upstairs and so it's just peeling down paper in the windows. Basically, the scene ends with Gary trying to kill everybody. We realize Gary is one of these people that's trying to end uh, you know, humanity by either becoming one of these people that feels enlightened by the thing or making the other people kill themselves. Both babies live, but only Sandra Bullock lives. Right. Uh, she ends up with Olympia's daughter and her son. Right. And then from there on, we realize that like... The story fast forwards a number of years with her and the character. What's his name? Uh, Tom. Tom. So her and Tom later. are in this kind of romantic relationship, but Sandra Bullock is very removed from it, which is I didn't understand why they did this. They set up Sandra Bullock as this kind of uh, emotionless artist, modern woman in the beginning. <laughs> she names the kids boy and girl. Yeah. She doesn't give them names. So like, that's one of the most interesting aspects. Is that the ridiculous. Kids I think it's because she doesn't want to get too attached. I actually see that being yeah. the reason because it's so uncertain how long you're going to last in this world. 
So the kids' names are boy and girl, and they're the same babies that were born from you know five years prior. Um, yeah, nameless. Though I think it's funny that girl's toy is a. Did you notice that it's a uh, like a little beanie baby, the Ty Company. But at the same time, we realize that there are a bunch of I don't know what to call them goons that drive around in trying to BMWs. By the way, <laughs> like they're driving these fancy cars. Yeah. Joe, in the if if you have access to all cars, why wouldn't you drive dope cars? I guess. I mean, at <laughs> least drive them with four wheel drive though. They're driving some BMW sedans and these like rocky terrains. But that's the other thing. There's these this ragtag group of people that are kind of like on the prowl presumably searching for sandra bullock's character and her family i think searching for other people that are in their position because they're like they become encompassed by this urge to expose everybody to like whatever this thing is so they're just out looking for and it's just unclear it's like did they how did those people become the way they are like how did they become immune to the effects yeah why are they why are they in this subset this much smaller subset of don't kill the, themselves, but for some reason feel compelled to make others do that. So anyway, they show up at the Sandra Bullock Tom house. Uh, Tom valiantly goes out front, blindfolded with a shotgun, starts you know trying to keep them off because they've already heard in the meantime of a radio broadcast of if you take this river, this river is very treacherous. If you can take it down far enough until yeah. you hear birds you are going to be safe. So he blocks them in the front of the house. She takes the kids to the boat and we're on the river. We've connected our flash forwards to our, what we felt like was present time in the movie. And Sandra Bullock is blindfolded in a, in a, in a boat, like a rowboat with two very small kids who are also blindfolded. And the water is getting rough (laughs) going through these like class five rapids i mean can you imagine going down a river like this blindfolded the way she's yelling at them the whole time like this is gonna get rough it's gonna feel like it goes on for days it's the most dangerous thing and then she comes into the conundrum where she's trying to figure out which of them is gonna be a spotter yeah and you know she was gonna choose girl so her biological child is boy girl is the one that she kind of just like adopted almost from olympia you know so one of the kids has she and one of the kids is going to be she's not told them that she's not she it, it's clear that she hasn't told either of them whether or not she's their parent yeah but so at one point like you mentioned there's a scene where she has one someone has to be kind of like the lookout to make sure they're navigating the waters safely and she's like, ooh, which one do I sacrifice? You know she was going for the girl that's not her own kid. She starts explaining yeah. to them, yeah. listen, one of us is going to have to look. She's a change of heart. She's like, okay, I guess I can't do that. So we're all in this together so or they, something. So they, they or through it blind, capsized. They all yeah. end up wrecked. At which point, like, I felt her anxiety of, like, imagine you have two five-year-olds that you're treating as your own kids and you brought them into rapids that they're now drowning so question first how do these birds survive the capsizing of the boat oh that's a great point the birds are in the box the entire time bullock ends up meeting up with the kids on the shore and everybody's okay these birds are just like they have nine lives i don't know what kind of birds could survive such an ordeal but god bless them they survive (laughs) this entire journey also, I wonder, what if you open your eyes underwater? Like, what would have happened? Does this presence live in the water? I mean, not that Question. it matters. Well, it does just seem cur- like the presence, just like, curious. moves. It, like, it kind of comes in waves. And it also speaks. So as they're in the oh, woods yeah. looking for each so other. So after they all... No, but they kind of recover each other, and then they land on the shore, and yeah. then they end up broken up. Yeah, but then, like, you hear Sandra Bullock's voice saying, it's okay to take off your blindfold to boy. 
It's not actually Sandra Bullock saying those words, but the presence creature is saying that in her voice. So the little boy's like, oh, is it really? And she's like, no. The actual Sandra Bullock's like, no, don't do it. But She's made it clear to them under no circumstances. You, you take off your blindfold. Yeah, never take it yeah. off. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of questions about this presence, but ultimately they all reunite on shore, on the shore, and they, I guess, are trekking through and they eventually hear the birds, which they know is then when they're in this Because the radio tells them you'll know when you're there when you hear the birds. They're in this safe commune, so they knock on the door, they arrive, and what kind of place is it? It is a school for the blind. Yeah. Which is like, do you did you feel like, oh, that's a good take. Everybody that's blind would be good in this world? Or did you feel like that was kind of trite and corny? I actually didn't see it coming. No, me neither. So I was like, oh, that's pretty unique and interesting. Yeah. Um and then there's also her OBGYN, Sandra Bullock's OBGYN. That's like very, who's very nice and like she she seems like a very pure character. Yeah. That's helping her. You know, the movie starts at least the Sandra Bullock part of it at a doctor's appointment. So she's there, and and they learn. And here's what I never understand though is right. So they're like, it's a school for the blind. So obviously all the blind folks here doing fucking great. Yeah. Also, right. we are encapsulated by a bird sanctuary that is letting us know when the, the thing lookout. shows up for the sighted folks. But we don't really get any explanation of why it is that birds have a radar to this. Right. Thing. Like why only birds specifically? I also was wondering whether other animals are, are affected by this presence. Apparently in the book, other animals do also kill themselves as a result of being exposed to whatever this creature presence is. As we sit here today in mid-January of 2019, this movie has been very kind of like 50-50 received. Mm -hmm. Some folks, and I, I put myself in the category of folks that say to watch this movie. It's fun um uh, you know it, it's an interesting kind of take on this end of the world survivor theme but a lot of people hated this movie yeah which is crazy to me because like it's i guess it, it's not crazy to me that people like this movie but like people liked quiet place people half the people like this movie but for some reason the happening where you only breathe in the thing that makes you want to kill yourself which is the most likely of any of these situations not a thing that is sound you know driven or a thing that is vision driven in the happening you just breathe in the thing but everybody hated that movie it sounds like it was more so perhaps the casting or the writing of the happening or is it somehow more cheesy i haven't seen it so it is the way it was I, done. I can't i can't deny the fact that that movie like there are some i think mark Wahlberg is not well cast as a you high think school science teacher a believable <laughs> teacher no um he, he has no chemistry with zoe dachanel but like if for those of you that have seen this movie like when I think of that movie, I don't think of the, like the bad Mark Wahlberg talking to plants scene. I think about the scene where John that Lewis, alone just does that's enough. It, it, that, it that's is. enough right there. He ends up talking to a plant that turns out to be a plastic plant. He's trying to like he he has this epiphany that like it's the plants doing this. So he tries to like sweet talk a plant and realizes it's plastic. How long does he talk to this plant until it's, he realizes it's, it's a whole scene? No recipro- it's like ninety seconds, two minutes. Wow. Like, I wonder how many takes they did of that. Like, <laughs> no, you really didn't. You really didn't embrace the plant that we were looking for. I think Bird Box in and of itself is a fine movie. Like it's fun to watch. Like you said, I think it's a good flick just to catch. You know, on Netflix. Um, without having to go to the theater, just the comfort from your home. 
I think the problem with this is the timing because Quiet Place came out not too long ago. It was such a well done. Feels like movie. a rip of that. It was just it was just too soon. It had to come out before Quiet Place or even maybe within a year or two after. It wouldn't be compared to it as heavily because there's so many similar horror movies out there. But I yeah. think it was just like too close in time, and also just with the explosion of of memes going viral it's so easy even if it is a quality movie oh it's so God. easy to destroy a movie and make fun of it and just ruin it almost what and is I, what is your favorite bird box oh movie without a doubt i looked at it a few times just because i kept laughing was the teenage mutant ninja turtle version of when she has her blindfold on and they impose <laughs> um like the eyes of one of the turtles and like and, and she becomes a teenage mutant ninja turtle yeah the it is, is it is like a nice fairly uncanny neat, neat yeah. stripe right across yeah. her face did you have a fun one yeah i or a favorite one the obviously as a philadelphia eagles fan the cody parkey missing the kick head replaced with Sandra Bullock yeah. blindfolded that one was pretty good I also liked one that was like I saw it was you know it was the meme of Sandra Bullock saying uh, this is going to be very difficult you need to do exactly what we what I say or we will not survive and it was like when you take a new friend to a music festival yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, also though one quick thing with The Happening so The Happening came out in 2008 yeah. um, 11 years ago almost so even though The Happening came out before Bird Box and people are saying, oh, like Bird Box is maybe ripping off The Happening, apparently um, the draft of Bird Box, the book was written before The Happening came Interesting. out. So um, yeah, it makes you think of it a little differently. Also, um, I think it's really funny, we were talking about memes, is the Bird Box Challenge. Have you seen this? Where no. Netflix is warning people not to partake in the Bird Box Challenge, where people are like drive a car engaging in or something? People are engaging in activities blindfolded. So oh, driving God. their cars. There was one today I just saw where someone, um, and they must have agreed to this, the patient, but uh, a tattoo artist gave, I believe, a tattoo blindfolded. And people <laughs> oh are actually God. getting hurt and injured. Yeah, Surprise. it's a Surprise. terrible idea. Yeah, so, bur or bur so Netflix is like, great we love the enthusiasm we love the fans however but let's not do that so listeners we advise you not to partake in the bird box challenge yeah keep I your mean, eye if, if you're able to see keep seeing and doing that when you're driving and whatever I'm sure it is Netflix is like do not participate in the bird box challenge you know could result in harm or death uh we're small enough if you do the bird box challenge Go ahead and send us pictures of it. We will, we will post it on our Instagram. But how dumb it is you some are. free publicity for our movie. Um, yeah, we'll take that. We'll take the uh, gritty road yeah. to the top. So that being said about Bird Box, I wanted to just ask you overall, what do you think the movie represents? What do you think this movie stands for? So there's a few different competing theories about what this creature represents is this a metaphor for something kind of like with the babadook we were talking about how the babadook represents this mother's grief with you know her traumatic life what do you think this movie is about the the, the nuts and bolts of it what does it come I, down to to some extent i feel like all these movies that fall into this kind of horror subgenre where like this group has to band against band together against the odds and try to figure out how to survive is is about just like caring for your fellow man and uh, you know being you know not just thinking of yourself thinking of how, how to 
be there for other people that need you. Because Sandra Bullock goes through this kind of character metamorphosis in the movie where she's very kind of, she's not even sure she wants to have a baby, too. She ends up caring for not only her child, but another child. And, and then and she finally names the kids at, at the, the end. end. She has this, like, you know, heart to heart moment where she she finds herself be able to become a mother, and it's very nice. So I, I'm not going to read too deep into it. I think that's what Bird Box is about. Okay. But I'm guessing. You have some other thoughts about what Bird Box is about. So actually, my first theory is that it's about sort of this anxiety or struggles with parenthood or motherhood. Because I think what you hit on (laughs) is that initially she's fearing about connecting with this child. And you see this journey she takes. And ultimately, she feels connected to these kids. She names them. There's this attachment. So perhaps like all... You know the obstacles that come along the way i don't know what the vision piece really how that ties in but i think it may be some overarching metaphor for just the journey of parenthood perhaps my husband thinks that it's a take on social media that's actually another theory of this um over reliance or society has on social media and kind of the negative effects it can have on us so in the opening scene sandra Bull, or one of the openings and then one of the earlier scenes, Sandra Bullock is painting. Do you remember yeah. that? that yeah, she's picture? got this awesome loft. There's a group like... of people, and like, they're around like a table or something, and her and her sister are having a discussion, and they're saying how, oh, it looks like you know the group of people, like even though it's a group of people, they all look very lonely. Like They don't look very connected. There's this conversation about this inability to connect. And perhaps this movie is kind of a take on, you know, when you're seeing something in social media it can just have this like negative effect on you it spreads um like the whole thing with the eyes and and the vision thing so i, I mean, don't think I, i'm saying it very no, I hear uh, what you're eloquently saying, but that's also one of the theories that's out there i don't personally buy into that one as much i could see it i think again it's more of like this anxiety yeah. slash journey of parenthood and Specifically, maybe being a mother. I think but, that social media uh, theory might be giving this movie a little too much credit. Yeah, but it's out my, there. My personal theory about this movie and about the, about a lot of movies that Netflix is doing, I think Netflix, because they take in so much user data, is really able to kind of like think about and make movies based on what people are digging. And this movie... I think checks a bunch of those boxes. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not this, you know, algorithm type, you know, theory of making films for Netflix, but something about this movie feels mm. almost like not not contrived, but like calculated. Yeah. Like, oh, people like this and people like that and people like this. So we're gonna we're gonna put yeah. it all together in one, we're gonna throw it on film. But uh what do you think? Did you think A, do you think this movie was scary? And B, would you recommend it? There were some scary parts, some scary moments. Overall, I didn't find it scary, but um, like collectively. But there were a few moments of like, oh, especially in the beginning, when when the when the mayhem's happening, that are that scary. scene was real cool. Yeah, I thought that was a really well shot, well acted, well orchestrated scene. Um, I'd recommend it, but not enthusiastically. I would say if you have some other movies you want to watch, watch those first. <laughs> I wouldn't put this at the top of your list. It's fine. I think A Quiet Place is far superior in terms of capturing this sort of post-apocalyptic-ish world where you can't use one of your senses, and if you do, it's to your detriment. Um, It was okay. Would I recommend it? 
Yeah, but again, not it's fun. It's like a popcorn movie, yeah. but it's not like it's not the way I'd recommend. Like, right? I keep going back to yeah. it until we do an episode about Hereditary. We're like, this movie is scary. Oh this movie is good. <laughs> no. Yeah. So with that being said, I want. Did you do a scare thing now? <laughs> so I'm gonna do a scare. Have they been? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I want to focus on. We have a lot of big names in this movie. I want to see kind of where they were before they made. Yeah, because most of the people in this movie are here because they've yeah. they've seen success. And one of the lesser um, known actors actually in this movie, who I didn't even mention earlier, but you referenced her. She plays the doctor, Doctor Lapham. She's the OBGYN okay. that gets reunited. That's Parminder Nagra. Did you ever see um, Bend It Like Beckham? This great, oh, yeah, great movie no, I... about this. Um, Indian British girl who wants to be a soccer player, but her traditional family is really against it. it has Kira Knightley in her first movie role. It's such a sweet, funny. Is she the main girl? She's in that the movie? main girl, Jess, oh, and she wow. just has this love and passion for soccer. See, and David Bend It Like Beckham is one of those movies where, like, even if you haven't seen it, you like you know the phrase "Bend It Like Beckham." Yeah. I've probably it's seen such a clips of it before. Movie, but she's she's the bender. She's, she's the, the main, one that bends it like Beckham. She's the main character, so okay. she's since in a lot of TV. She was in. Has the she Blacklist. done anything since? She was oh, in the okay. Blacklist. She was in ER. She's not a show that I watch, but is wildly successful. Yeah, so a lot of TV, but um, yeah, that's her. So I mean, Bend It Like Beckham came out years ago, but yeah, yeah so she's still out there. So that was a little different take on the segment, <laughs> but um. So, everyone, thanks for listening to our episode today. We hope you enjoyed it. As for our next one, I know we talked about doing Nightmare on Elm Street. And though we're still going to do that, whether we do that before or after this next one, though, is to be determined. But because our next episode will probably come around Valentine's Day in February. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Valentine? No, I've never even heard of it. Okay, I want to revisit it. It's a smaller scale horror movie, but it was kind of on the tail end of the slasher um, like the popular slasher sort of uh, time period of like late okay. 90s, early 2000s as Denise Richards, David Boreanaz. Um, it's a silly movie and I'm really excited to revisit it. So I think we should do that as a uh, celebration of oh, Valentine's that, Day. That sounds great. So do your homework. Do Watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Watch Valentine. Yeah, and one of those will be the next ones. We'll yeah. keep you all posted. And then the other one will be the one after. Yeah. <laughs> and let us know what you think of Bird Box. If you've seen it, I want to know what you thought of it. What's yeah. your take on it? Or Do The Happening. Any... I will talk to anybody about The Happening. And <laughs> Frank I think will, it's a great premise that's underrated. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, yeah. by, and by the way, don't forget... You, the best way to find out what we're doing, what we're interested in, what's going on next is finding us on Instagram at Horror on the Rocks on Instagram. Check us out. Thanks for listening. Thanks, folks. Take it easy. See ya. Wait. New guy, you had a great visit. We really loved meeting you. Now, fuck off.